Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, we are answering your questions about Austin Barnes, Michael Bush, uh, some potential trades, and a bunch of other topics related to the Dodgers. That's what's on tap, so let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My co-host is Vince Semperio. We are doing a split episode today, uh, so I'll be with you for the first half. Vince will be with you for the second half. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans, just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. And again, this is a split episode. That's my fault. I enjoy talking with Vince, but uh, he cares about sports other than baseball. And there's a Lakers game tonight and I picked up a bug. And so I am feeling miserable. And so I need to get to bed. So we're doing a split episode so that I can record before Vince is ready to record. So I hope that's okay. But we did put out a call for questions as we mentioned yesterday that we would, and we got a lot of good questions from you guys. So we're going to jump right in and get to as many of them as we can. But before we do that, little updates, uh, the paternity list shuffle continues. Uh, math will tell you that, uh, several pregnancies happened right around the all-star break last year. Uh, Bruce Dargratterall and Max Muncy have both gone on the paternity list. Uh, if, if you're not familiar, the paternity list allows the player to miss up to three games. Uh, it, it has to be at least one and up to three. And so we know that Gratterall and Muncy won't be available for game one of the series against the Pirates uh, Tuesday. Uh, beyond that, we don't really know. Um, I don't know if either of their uh, – Wives were being induced on Monday and, you know, or, you know, I don't know. Um, I am not privy to the reproductive plans of anybody on the Dodgers, believe it or not. Um, there's kind of a, a question mark about Evan Phillips right now. Uh, it was reported that Evan Phillips was coming back. Uh, his three days are up, but right now, and as of last night or Sunday night was when I first noticed it, the Dodgers transaction page has, Evan Phillips going on the bereavement list, which is never what you want to hear after a guy was just on the paternity list. Um, to be clear, bereavement doesn't necessarily mean somebody passed away. Uh, bereavement, the bereavement list is for uh, death or illness of an immediate family member of the player or the player's spouse. Uh, so it could be as simple as, you know, it, it's pretty common for babies when they're born to need a little extra time in the hospital. And it could just be as simple as that, that Phillips is staying with Liz while their baby is in the hospital. This is all conjecture, and I should, I probably shouldn't be guessing. I, I'm hoping for the best is what I'm saying, because you never want to hear, came off the paternity list and went on the bereavement list. That automatically conjures up the worst images, and obviously we are hoping that none of those worst images apply to Evan Phillips. Um, and, and it could be a, a clerical error. Maybe Phillips isn't on the bereavement list. And he will be back uh, on Tuesday against the Pirates. We don't really know. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, 
with Muncie going on the paternity list, Michael Bush is getting called up for his major league debut. Uh, he's been playing some third base in AAA lately, and so it makes sense with Muncie out to bring up Bush. You'd have to assume Bush is going to get some time at third base. And, uh, you know, like I said, we don't know if Muncie will be out one, two, or three games. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Bush gets the start on Tuesday against the Pirates in Pittsburgh. Uh, and we do have a question about Bush that I'm going to jump right into. This is our, from our buddy uh, Kevin. I think, uh, nope, wait. Uh, yeah, so we got a couple of questions about Bush, actually. Uh, Kevin says, with David Peralta not hitting, Jason Hayward showing just baby signs of improvement, and Michael Bush not yet a part of the outfield conversation, do you think it's time for Trace Thompson to get some time versus righties after what he showed last year? Uh, and Fabian Castaneda says, Miguel Vargas hasn't been hitting. It might be residual from the hand injuries. But if Michael Bush starts hitting out of the gate like Outman did, does Vargas get sent down to maybe let him relax a little and find his swing? Uh, And, you know, so there are questions about, oh, Kevin's question. I I read the wrong question from Kevin. He mentions Bush. Uh, But the the other one was, I love the idea of bets at shortstop, but less so if it means Peralta and to a lesser degree, hey, we'll get more at bats. Taylor has the same WRC as Peralta, so it's a wash. Any chance Bush plays left field when Max comes back? That's the one I meant to read from Kevin. Uh, It's the fever. I promise it's the fever. I'm not an idiot. Uh, And so, yeah, the the big question is, is Michael Bush just up for a couple days, or is there a chance that he can stick around? And I always think back to 2017 when Cody Bellinger got called up. He came up to play left field. He was a first baseman and a center fielder in the minor leagues. He came up to play left field when Jock Peterson got hurt. And his first couple of games, uh, he struggled. Uh, I think he didn't get his first hit, an infield single in San Francisco until like his third or fourth game. Um, but uh, so he, he, or maybe it was early, but then he struggled after that. Anyway, Bellinger didn't light the world on fire immediately. But by the time Jock was ready to come off the injured list, Bellinger had basically cemented his place in the lineup. And so they eventually, uh, I assume they talked Adrian Gonzalez into going on the injured list because he had been terrible that year and let Bellinger become the first baseman. And he basically never gave it up until this past offseason. Uh, his spot in the lineup obviously gave up first base. Um, and, and so Michael Bush, there's a chance he could do that. If he comes up and hits, uh, you know, they, they could stick around. And the question would be where, because Max Muncy is going to be the third baseman. Uh, and, but as, as Kevin mentions, uh, or no, as Fabian mentions, Fabian Fabian. I'm sorry if I mispronounce it. Uh, I know I mispronounced it because I just said it two different ways. So I hope one of those was right. Um, but he wonders if maybe Vargas gets sent down. Uh, I don't think they're going to send Vargas down. I think they still believe in Vargas. I still believe in Vargas. And he's showing signs lately. Uh, I think the bat speed is starting to come back after the, the injury. I don't think they're sending Vargas down. Uh, and I think he's going to keep playing second base. So if they were going to go with Bush, it would have to be as a replacement for one of the left-handed hitting outfielders, really. Um, Bush has played some left field in, in the minors. And, uh, you know, if he hits, maybe they they cut ties with David Peralta. I don't Peralta seems popular in the clubhouse. He's had some big hits, even though he hasn't hit well overall. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a tough situation that that Bush is in. Of course it could be an injury that opens up the spot, you know, if Peralta got hurt or if JD Martinez got hurt, you know, so there's suddenly a DH spot. There are possibilities there. Um, but I think Bush would really, really have to hit his way 
to staying on the roster. I don't think just a solid couple games is going to do it. I think you'd have to really, really be impressive uh, to stick right now, but it's still a good chance for him to make a good first impression and hopefully, you know, help the Dodgers win some games and push himself to the top of that list, the front of the line for, okay, when somebody does get hurt, let's get Michael Bush back up here. And, and that is a valuable thing. It's still April. And to be able to do that in April, I, that's kind of what Max Muncy did in 2018. Uh, he came up and he hit well. And so he was able to stick around. He, you know, he was the next guy up. Okay, let's get Muncy back up here. He hit well. And, and Muncy ended up having a very good couple seasons uh, immediately for the Dodgers and has become one of their star players. So a lot of it will depend on how Bush does, but I don't know that there's a ton that he can do barring injury uh, in the next few days to really lock himself onto the roster other than going like eight for eight with six homers or something. Uh, then they'd probably find a way to keep him around. Um, I'm going to come back in a minute uh, and answer at least one more, maybe two more questions before I turn it over to Vince and uh, go get some sleep on my side. So I want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first lesson every weekday morning. And please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, BetterHelp is, you know, getting, getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. I'm going to give you a little personal example. Uh, and I was able to figure out why this happened. Um, but you know, the therapy might've helped. Uh, there was, uh, about 10 years ago, I had back surgery and after the back surgery, I was thrilled because I could walk up right again. And, uh, I had, I had gone down to California for the back surgery and had tickets to a Dodger game and I was going to go, I was feeling great. And then that morning I just emotionally, I could not handle it. And, uh, and what it turned out to be, I think, was withdrawal from the pain medication I had been on. And I, I should have learned to uh, wean myself off it a little bit more, but uh, a little more slowly. But uh, that sort of thing, if you are dealing with something where you're just not quite sure what's going on, why you're feeling the way you are, what your next step is, sometimes therapy can be very, very helpful, giving you a chance to talk to somebody who isn't you know, personally invested in you uh, as a, emotionally, I should say, but they, uh, are trained to give you good advice and help you figure things out. And so, you know, I, I've known a lot of people in my life who have been to therapy and it's been very helpful. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give better help a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on MLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on MLB. All right. I am back. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Uh, also, want to tell you uh, the Dodgers, they play a little bit earlier because they are in Pittsburgh. And so they play at. Uh, was it 2.30, I think, uh, California time. And so you might be stuck at work and not able to watch the game on TV. Guess what? Sirius XM is here for you because you can, if you're in your car, pull it up on the Sirius XM radio. Or if you are 
in your office or whatever, pull out the SXM app on your phone and just search for Dodgers. And you can watch any Dodger game anytime or not watch, listen to the hometown broadcast of any Dodger game anytime. Uh, yeah, I, I'm blaming the fever for all the mess ups this episode, just so you all know. Um, but yeah, the Dodgers play uh, 3.30, 3.30 California time today. If you are in your car, it'll be channel 177 on the SiriusXM radio. If you're on the SXM app, just search for Dodgers. All right. Uh, Want to thank all you everydayers for being with us. And uh, let's jump back into some questions. Uh, this one, um, let's go with another one from Kevin. And uh, Kevin was on a questioning role. Uh, he said, Austin Barnes just can't hit. You know it. I know it. Everybody but David Ross knows it. His framing and veter- veteran leadership can't mask that average. How can we as a Dodger society get Hunter Fiducia up here to play till Will Smith is ready? I'm going to give uh, Kevin the benefit of the doubt and assume that he meant Dave Roberts and not Dave Ross in this question because I don't know how relevant it is whether or not the Cubs manager, uh, what his opinions are of Austin Barnes's offense. Uh, but assuming he means Dave Roberts, I think uh, it is my, – my first answer is I reject the premise because I think obviously Dave Roberts understands how much Austin Barnes is struggling. Dave Roberts isn't penciling Austin Barnes into the lineup because he thinks he's hitting well. That's why he's batting ninth. Uh, He's penciling him in because, A, they don't have any better options on the major league roster, and, B, uh, Dave Roberts is somewhat famous for letting guys stay relevant, hoping they'll get going. And, you know, it's still early enough in the season. Barnes has, what, 32 at-bats this year? Uh, And, yeah, two hits and 32 at-bats. It sucks. But, I mean, if he went – if he had eight hits this next series – suddenly his numbers would be closer to respectable. I don't think one series could get him up to actually respectable, but he could get hot for the next two weeks and and be just fine. And Austin Barnes is capable of that. It's not likely, but it's possible. And uh, here's a, an analogy I came up with when I had a fever this afternoon, and I decided to stick with it. You know, we're trying to – I've been watching, just so you know, I, have a fe- I had a fever, and I've been watching a lot of worst cooks in America, so that's where this comes from. We're trying to boil a pot of pasta. And Austin Barnes, we look at his pot, the water's boiling, and there are two little pieces of macaroni. And the, you know that sucks. You know we need a lot more macaroni than two pieces. The question is, how did those two pieces get there? Because if he deliberately put those two pieces in there, that shows that he still knows how to put macaroni in a pot of boiling water. Now, maybe he opened up the, the box of macaroni and things went flying every, everywhere and two of them happened to land in the water. And it was accidental, but Austin Barnes hit well in the WBC. He has hit reasonably well at times in his career. Last year, he he hit pretty well by Austin Barnes standards. Nothing like in 2017, but pretty well by his standards. And so it is too early to totally give up on him. I know I just spent a whole segment last week advocating to call up Hunter Fiducia and put Austin Barnes on the, on the phantom IL. And, you know, maybe it's not even a phantom. I I... I wouldn't be surprised at all if Austin Barnes actually is hurt and that's part of the problem. And so maybe he does end up on the IL and they do call up Hunter Fiducia. Um, But as I said last week, Fiducia is not on the 40 man roster and he would not clear waivers if they had to DFA him. So if they are going to call up Fiducia, that's why they went out and got Austin wins because Austin wins. You can sign him. You can play him a little bit. And then when Will Smith is back, you DFA Austin wins and you forget he ever existed. No offense, Austin wins or Austin wins his mother. I'm sure he's a nice guy. 
Uh, that's why you go with Austin Wentz. Hunter Fiducia is a legitimate prospect at this point. And so he wouldn't clear waivers if they had to DFA him. So he would have to stay on the 40-man roster. They could send him down to the minors. He has options, but he'd have to stay on the 40-man roster. And they already have a bit of a 40-man crunch. So that's why that's what's holding him up. So Austin Barnes would have to be out for a while with an injury, or they would actually have to decide to cut bait on Barnes to, to get him off the roster to make room for Fiducia. I don't know how likely that is. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing it, uh, but, you know, yeah, I think we're stuck with Austin Barnes right now. Uh, I'm going to do two last questions from the same guy uh, at say it like the YM1. Uh, I think I read that right on Twitter. He says, hey, guys, just just followed you on Twitter. But I started listening to the show since midway last year. I have two questions and they involve trades. Do you think a trade for Whit Merrifield would help the Dodgers when it comes to infield depth and run production? And my second question is, do you think a trade for Dane Dunning would help stabilize the bullpen? I would like both of those trades. I think Whit Merrifield could definitely help with their production against left-handers. And I think uh, Dane Dunning has been very good out of the bullpen this year. Uh, It's tough to say, you know, I don't think he's going to keep a zero ERA all season. Uh, but he's always had good stuff. He was a highly touted prospect. He was involved in a couple, I think at least one big trade. So he was in the, yeah, he was in the Adam Eaton trade, uh, the Lucas Giolito trade uh, from the Nationals to the White Sox, and then in the Lance Lynn trade from the White Sox to the Rangers. So Dane Dunning has some prospect capital. Uh, I think he's a talented guy. Uh, the problem is the Rangers are currently in first place in their division. And so they would have to fall out of contention in order to consider trading him. Same is true for Whit Merrifield with the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are good and they're hoping to contend. And so I don't see the Rangers or the Blue Jays being sellers anytime soon. It's possible one or both of them could fall out of contention by the trade deadline. Uh, But I don't think either of them are realistic options right now because their current teams like having them on there because they are good at baseball and their current teams are trying to win. Uh, So, uh, I like how you're thinking. I would love to have Whit Merrifield. I don't know. I've probably mentioned this before. I am a Merrifield on my mom's side. Uh, I am, you know, I come from a long line of Merrifields. And uh, the city library in Lake Elsinore is named after my great aunt, the Alta Merif- Merrifield Memorial Library. Um, I like Whit Merrifield, not just because of his name. He's a good ball player. I'd love to have him on the Dodgers. I don't think it's going to happen. And Dane Dunning, you know, again, the Rangers are in first place. They're not going to trade. I think that's going to do it for me. I hope I, I I'm sorry. This wasn't my a game as far as, uh, you know, not stumbling over my words, but hopefully the, uh, the quality of content and my fever dream about comparing Austin Barnes to a pot of macaroni hashtag Barnes is macaroni. Um, yeah, hopefully that worked out. Okay. I'm going to hit the sack and try to get over this bug and Vince will be along in a minute. Today's episode is brought to you by So Rare. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace, transforming fans into owners who have, with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. MLB game weeks happen twice weekly and span a three- to four-day cycle. So at the end of the game week, so rare MLB managers who rank 
at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards, which includes so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. Prizes may vary depending on competition. Go get your cards today and get started. Head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to LockedOn Dodgers, um, or my side of LockedOn Dodgers. I was about to go there from the beginning, but Jeff already started you guys off. And like Jeff mentioned, I'm here to answer a few more of the questions you guys provided for us. And we're going to start right here with uh, at jsmith0808. It says, if the Dodgers fall out of potential contention, could you see them trying to trade Julio Diaz? If so, what would a return look like? Yeah. Um, I mean, the Dodgers would have to be really bad over the next two months, and a lot of other teams would have to be really good in order for them to be deemed out of, you know, out of contention. And I guess it's possible, you know, there, there's going to be three division winners, obviously three playoff or and three wild card teams that make it. And it's very possible, I guess, that like Arizona keeps playing well, the Padres keep playing well, the Brewers keep playing well, someone, the Pirates maybe keep playing well. Uh, and then you got the Braves and you got the Mets and then you got, you know, teams like the Cardinals and maybe the Giants and the Phillies all are playing very well. And the Dodgers just have a really bad two month stretch over, you know, before the trade deadline or even three month stretch. But I personally can't see that happening. Uh, but let's just say for the sake of the question, there's some. By some virtue, the Dodgers are more than 10 games out of a playoff spot or you know, maybe even hovering around 10 games out of a playoff spot when it comes to the trade deadline. If that were the case, then, yeah, exploring a Julio Diaz trade would make some sense. Um if he's still pitching well, if he, I'm assuming he, you know, he's going to be pitching as well as he's been the last few years. If he's not pitching well, you know, is it really worth it? Can't say for sure. But uh, if he's pitching well, Dodgers are close to 10 games out of a playoff spot. Then, yeah, I guess you could, you know, explore a trade there. <clears throat> the thing with him being a potential for, or not being potential, being a free agent at the end of the season is that you're not going to expect to get too much from him or for him. You know, we've seen the Dodgers make these trades in the past and giving up significant players for somebody that's going to be afraid at the end of the year. They haven't really done that. You know, they traded for Manny Machado. That one became more of a volume play. They gave up four or five guys. Usnail Diaz was uh, one of the prizes of that deal, and he's back with the Dodgers and playing in AAA now. So, uh, yeah, that didn't go very well for them. Dean Kramer ended up actually being a, probably the best one of the bunch that, that got traded in the Machado trade. But he wasn't really expected to be that, you know, much of a difference maker. When they traded for you, Darvish, you know, a guy like Willie Calhoun, a pro, I guess 
you know, guys that are more projects than sure things. And when it comes to prospects, that's very much what you get out of it. And the other part is, you know, you're not going to get anything that's on the current team or that's going to help you even in the next year or so, because most of these teams that will be trading for a guy like Julio would be in contention, which means they would probably be looking to keep their major league team intact. And they'll probably have prospects of being good at least the next couple of years, which means they're not really going to be trading from strengths of prospects that are close to the major leagues. And for the Dodgers, you know, does it make sense to make a trade for a guy that's a few years down the line? Yeah. The Dodgers have been pretty good at, at identifying players uh, the last few years. You know, some of these guys have gotten in smaller deals like Ross Stripling trade, um, and trades of that nature, those guys are starting to climb the rank. I know, I think Nick Frasso is part of the Ross Stripling trade. You know, those guys start to climb the ranks and become legitimate prospects. So, you know, the Dodgers, I would trust if they did make a deal for Julio, it would be, it would get them somebody that would become a, you know, a top 100 prospect maybe in the next two, three years. And Volume wise, you know, I think they would go quality over quantity, I would imagine, where they would go, you know, maybe two solid prospects over, you know, four to five flyer prospects. Um, And I think that's what it would take. I think it would take one like either on the cusp of top 100 prospect or a top 100 prospect. One guy that could get into a top 100 prospects the next couple of years. And that would be enough to get Julio. Or it would take, you know, three or four guys that are not what top 100 prospects, but that either the Dodgers are very high on or that they know or that they have, you know, big upside. So that's what it would take. I don't see it happening, but you never know. I guess the, the crazier things have happened in, in the past. So that's, that's what I got there. Next question we got is from at BD Fagan. He says, is Cartaya on the table as a call-up with Smith out and Barnes struggling? If Will Smith was going to be out the rest of the season, then yes, Cartaya would be on the table. I still don't know if they would do that, but he'd be on the table. But we don't know how long Smith is going to be out, but it doesn't appear to be more than a week or two at this point. Um, You know, hopefully everything, he's had some symptom-free days, uh, but, you know, with the, never want to rush anyone back with concussion symptoms or or who suffered a concussion. But the other part is Cartaya isn't exactly lighting it up, and he's in double-A. He's never played above double-A. Last year, Michael Grove was the first player on the Freedman team that got called up straight from double-A uh, with the Dodgers. So I don't see that happening. He's hitting 200 in double-A. He's got a homer, a couple doubles. So if he was, say, hitting, you know, an insane like 350, you know, OPSing over 850 with, you know, a lot of extra base hits and just, you know, tearing the cover off the ball, then I would say maybe they consider him, especially because of the fact that he's already on the 40-man roster. And let's just say Smith, you know, Smith's going to miss two more weeks at the very least. Then, yeah, I could see Cartaya being on the table. But the fact that, one, he's very young, the fact that he's – this is the first year he's been playing a, in double-A – um, that's the highest competition he's faced so far. The fact that he's not hitting very well and the fact that Smith probably won't be out too much longer. Hopefully I don't see Cartaya as a legitimate option f- to come up. But like I said, if Smith was to say, let's just say they say Smith's out for the season. I do think Diego Cartaya gets, he's on the table um, and, and would be considered to be called up 
and see what he can do and you know maybe kickstart that that career of his but i don't see that happening or hopefully it doesn't happen uh for the sake of will smith we got kevin uh, blue goon 82 says with Peralta not hitting, Hayward showing just baby signs of improvement and Bush not yet a part of the outfield conversation. Do you think it's time for Trace to get some time versus righties after what he showed last year? I I probably would think it's time for him to get some at-bats against righties. I don't know if the Dodgers are quite there yet. But what for me, what it is is – if he's not gonna or if he's not hitting against lefties and you're not gonna play him against righties, he doesn't necessarily have like a huge reason to continue to be on the roster. Uh, I guess defensively, yeah, but if you're not gonna use him, I mean, and I guess if you're not going to use him and he's a you know fifth outfield, fourth, fifth outfielder, then I guess it's okay to be on the roster. But you kind of got to see what you have with him at this point and see if he's still going to be good this year. Because like we saw last year, he was good the entire season. But when it came to the postseason, he just, you know, didn't come through. And if you have other guys, you know, even if let's just say, you know, Michael Bush, Michael Bush could be a guy. Let's just say he comes up, plays a couple games, looks okay or or looks very good. And, you know, you realistically, you're not going to probably give up on Peralta yet. You're not going to give up on Hayward yet. Trace is someone you would likely be, be give up a little bit quicker than, than the other guys. Uh, he's not as much, you know, a MLB veteran. He came up, you know, he was out. He was not really in the majors the last few years before last year. He had a really strong year. Yeah, but if. You know, Hayward at least has the signs of hitting the ball hard and just being a little bit unlucky, whereas Peralta is just, you know, not really hitting. He did have the walk-off hit, and he's had a couple big hits, but he hasn't necessarily produced the way they think he's going to be. I still think they're going to give him, you know, I still think they're probably going to give another month of a leash for before they do any drastic changes. I don't think playing Trace a little bit more against right-handed pitchers is a drastic change. So I do, I can see him getting a little more at-bats against righties, especially just to get him maybe a little bit more, you know, in a rhythm. Uh, he, he's really become the guy that only faces starts against lefties, which is interesting because he's like 10 to 12% worse against lefties than the rest of the league. But whatever the case, I think that Trace will start getting some more at-bats against right-handed pitching if the other guys, especially if the other guys don't improve. All right, I think we got one more. Um <laughs> We got a question from Ryan at Dodgers. Ryan, what happened in Los Angeles during the All Star break? It appears that the Dodgers enjoyed their All Star break, or at least the very, or at least the month of July as a whole. So yeah, uh, you know, shout out to them. We got two more questions. One from Marty McDodger at McDodger M. When will people realize Dave can't manage pitching? Uh, and he believes that Dave Roberts is holding the team back in the lot or. Says when will Dodgers DFA the caboose that's holding the team back and allow for youth to rise up? I don't know if that's Roberts or somebody else, but Roberts, uh, you know, if he does have a fall at manager, it maybe is sometimes decision making when it comes to the bullpen or when it comes to pressure situations with his pitching staff. I personally, you know, while there is issues there, I don't think that's a reason to fire him at the moment. 
Obviously, it's happened a couple of times in the postseason, and that's you know justified for firing. But if you're not going to fire him after the postseason, you know, or decision making that he's had, you're not going to fire him in the regular season unless the the season really goes south from here. And the other thing is, go pick pick like one team and say, okay, this is my new second team, and then go watch probably like ten to twenty games. And you're probably not going to lie or pick a manager, pick a team of a manager with the manager that you think knows how to manage pitching, then go watch them for like 20 games and then come back and say, okay, I still like that manager and he makes strong pitching decisions. And then after that, go look at the stats of their bullpen. And if their bullpen's like top five in the league, that probably changes things a little bit. So, you know, for me, I think the big thing with, oh, you know, Dave Roberts and blah, blah, and everything else is, most managers make decisions that are based on information and sometimes it doesn't work out and it's not always the manager's fault. Now, like I said, in the past, Dave Roberts has made some questionable decisions, especially when it comes to playoff time. But that's, you know, I, we can't sit here and say that other managers wouldn't make other decisions like that. So, And then last question from Drew at Drew Bond 209. He says, do you feel like this year has a legitimate shot to be a World Series year? With roster currently constructed at is as is. You know, what is a World Series constructed roster? We've seen worse teams make the, you know, we've seen worse teams than the Dodgers make the World Series in years past. We've seen, you know, teams that aren't as good win the World Series. You know, some of those Giants teams weren't that good, but they, you know, had timely hitting when it needed it. They had timely luck when they needed it. They had you know, people flailing at Madison Bumgarner pitches more often than they should. Um, you know, some of the, you know, there's been other teams. The Nationals had the worst bull. Like the Dodgers could have the worst bullpen in baseball right now, and you would think, oh, that's not a World Series constructed team. And the Nationals had literally the worst bullpen in baseball in 2019, and then their bullpen ended up pitching lights out, and they won the World Series in tw- in that year. So. You know, what do you consider a World Series constructed team? Are the Dodgers good enough to win a World Series? Yes. Do they, you know, with Julio, with Kershaw, with Dustin May, that's a solid enough starting, you know, three. Their bullpen, you know, with the arms they have, if they play to their potential, yes, they're good enough. Offensively, Mookie, Freddie, Will Smith, Max Muncy, the way he's playing now, you know, J.D. Martinez, that's a formidable top five of a lineup. James Outman, if he continues, you know, that's a formidable lineup. Are they good enough to win the World Series? Yes. Does that mean they're going to win the World Series? I don't think so. What they need to add to, for us to feel more comfortable about it, obviously, yeah, I think, you know, we'll see as they continue to play. Obviously, they're, they're 12 and 11. There's not – not everything's going right. Uh, but I do think, you know, there's a chance. And that's all you can really ask for is to have a chance. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Become an everydayer and listen to us every day by subscribing wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. If you can't watch the game, make sure to uh, listen on Sirius FM or download the SXM app and search for Dodgers. You can listen to all the home broadcasts there. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Amperio. DMs are open on all those accounts if you need to get hold of us. You can also get a hold of us via email, LockdownDodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car. If you're at home, touch my device, play podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.